welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. And I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for yourselves and other selves. And as we enter this weekend, let us make our moves with a heart full of love, conscious that it is the Spirit of God within that moves us all, and which rules us all, if we let it. Let it, y'all. Let the Spirit of God move you and rule you in love, and with a heart full of confidence in your divinity, represent the presence of God on the inside of you, illuminating the divine love and light of your mighty I Am Presence. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light, and y'all be loved. In order for an individual to consciously let go of a thing, he must have something that he feels is stronger to which he can anchor. As students become conscious of this, the confidence and strength will come to them to take the step. As I suggested once before, I would consciously, at least once or more a day, stand on the floor and charge the home with this pure electronic energy, and keep it charged, so that God's very presence will keep out of the home, food, thought, any kind of presence, and everything that is not in accordance with the desires here. I would suggest that whenever you find someone is coming you take the consciousness, I am the pure radiance of divine love enfolding these individuals, and this garment enfolds them when they come and when they leave. When you are conscious of this, you clothe them and they will wear this garment into the home and out of it, and for them it will be a sustaining power. Those who come into your home are deserving of assistance, and this will enable them to receive the full assistance they desire and you will love to give. No matter how great the knowledge attained, we at no time ever have the right to force either the knowledge or the discipline upon anyone. Only as students apply what they hear and receive, can they ever know the reality. There is an activity in the experienced life that demands the conscious recognition and use of the I am presence, of God in action. When you take that consciousness with you through the veil of sleep, the soul is able to function out of the body with almost limitless power. Suppose there is a seeming need in the physical activity. Before going to sleep we can say this, through the mighty power and intelligence which I am, I go forth while my body sleeps, make conscious contact with and abundantly fulfill this requirement, no matter what it is. Knowing that this activity is self-sustained, it cannot fail in any way. It is a mighty way of setting into motion the I am presence. Whatever the I am commands while the body sleeps must be obeyed. If the student will always keep up his conscious protection, he will be able to avoid the destruction of other individuals. Steamship protection, God is the almighty power protecting and directing the steamship, therefore, it moves in a zone of absolute safety. On the conscious path, you must be up and in action all the time. There are some who might think this is a suggestion of fear, but it is not. It is a recognition of the omnipresent protective power. Autos, God is all-seeing and all-knowing, sees ahead, and will naturally avoid undesirable contact. When you say, God is driving this car, the vision of God goes ahead, sees blocks and miles ahead, and the prompting will come to go to the street which is clear. Because God is driving this car, our path is unobstructed in every way. There are two reasons why students have accidents. First, because they have become angry and opened the door. Second, because the student has lain down on the job. 
Whenever we do a thing with a positive, dynamic attitude, it gives confidence to the outer, and it cannot fail. Realize that when you say I am, whatever is commanded is all powerfully, instantly done. You cannot use the I am presence without having instantaneous activity. Often say, I am the omnipresent, all-powerful, protecting intelligence governing this mind and body. It is instantly omnipresent there in action when you say I am. The I am which is everywhere present is at that point doing the work that moment. This is the way you set into action by the most direct means the all-powerful action of the I am, which is all in all. Constantly remind the outer consciousness that when you say I am, you have set into action all the attributes of the Godhead. Beloved Saint Germain Isis Unveil, Chapter 13 When the fakir had brought his exhibition of white magic to a close, the sorcerer, or conjurer, as they are called, prepared to display his power. We were treated to a succession of the wonders that the accounts of travelers have made familiar to the public, showing, among other things, the fact that animals naturally possess the clairvoyant faculty, and even, it would seem, the ability to discern between the good and the bad spirits. All of the sorcerer's feats were preceded by fumigations. He burned branches of resinous trees and shrubs, which sent up volumes of smoke. Although there was nothing about this calculated to affright an animal using only his natural eyes, the tiger, monkey, and bird exhibited an indescribable terror. We suggested that the animals might be frightened at the blazing brands, the familiar custom of burning fires round the camp to keep off wild beasts, recurring to our mind. To leave no doubt upon this point, the Syrian approached the crouching tiger with a branch of the bale tree, sacred to Shiva, and waved it several times over his head, muttering, meanwhile, his incantations. The brute instantly displayed a panic of terror beyond description. His eyes started from their sockets like blazing fireballs, he foamed at the mouth, he flung himself upon the floor, as if seeking some hole in which to hide himself, he uttered scream after scream, that awoke a hundred responsive echoes from the jungle and the woods. Finally, taking a last look at the spot from which his eyes had never wandered, he made a desperate plunge, which snapped his chain, and dashed through the window of the veranda, carrying a piece of the framework with him. The monkey had fled long before, and the bird fell from the perch as though paralyzed. H.P. Blavatsky We did not ask either the fakir or sorcerer for an explanation of the method by which their respective phenomena were affected. If we had, unquestionably they would have replied as did a fakir to a French traveler, who tells his story in a recent number of a New York newspaper, called the Franco-American, as follows. Many of these Hindu jugglers who live in the silence of the pagodas perform feats far surpassing the prestidigitations of Robert Udine, and there are many others who produce the most curious phenomena in magnetism and catalepsy upon the first objects that come across their way, that I have often wondered whether the Brahmins, with their occult sciences, have not made great discoveries in the questions which have recently been agitated in Europe. On one occasion, while I and others were in a cafe with Sir Maswell, he ordered his dobochi to introduce the charmer. In a few moments a lean Hindu, almost naked, with an ascetic face and bronze color entered. Around his neck, arms, thighs, and body were coiled serpents of different sizes. After saluting us, he said, God be with you, I am Chief Chandor, son of Chief Gantnail Mava. 
We desire to see what you can do, said our host. I obey the orders of Shiva, who has sent me here, replied the fakir, squatting down on one of the marble slabs. The serpents raised their heads and hissed, but without showing any anger. Then taking a small pipe, attached to a wick in his hair, he produced scarcely audible sounds, imitating the tailapaka, a bird that feeds upon bruised coconuts. Here the serpents uncoiled themselves, and one after another glided to the floor. As soon as they touched the ground they raised about one-third of their bodies, and began to keep time to their master's music. Suddenly the fakir dropped his instrument and made several passes with his hands over the serpents, of whom there were about ten, all of the most deadly species of Indian cobra. His eyes assumed a strange expression. We all felt an undefinable uneasiness, and sought to turn away our gaze from him. At this moment a small chakra, monkey, whose business was to hand fire in a small brazier for lighting cigars, yielded to his influence, lay down and fell asleep. Five minutes passed thus, and we felt that if the manipulations were to continue a few seconds more we should all fall asleep. Chandra then rose and making two more passes over the chakra, said to it, give the commander some fire. The young monkey rose, and without tottering, came and offered fire to its master. It was pinched, pulled about, till there was no doubt of its being actually asleep. Nor would it move from Sir Maswell's side till ordered to do so by the fakir. We then examined the cobras. Paralyzed by magnetic influence, they lay at full length on the ground. On taking them up we found them stiff as sticks. They were in a state of complete catalepsy. The fakir then awakened them, on which they returned and again coiled themselves round his body. We inquired whether he could make us feel his influence. He made a few passes over our legs, and instantly we lost the use of these limbs, we could not leave our seats. He released us as easily as he had paralyzed us. Cheap Chandor closed his seance by experimenting upon inanimate objects. By mere passes with his hands in the direction of the object to be acted upon, and without leaving his seat, he paled and extinguished lights in the furthest parts of the room, moved the furniture, including the divans upon which we sat, opened and closed doors. Catching sight of a Hindu who was drawing water from a well in the garden, he made a pass in his direction, and the rope suddenly stopped in its descent, resisting all the efforts of the astonished gardener. With another pass, the rope descended. I asked Chief Chandor, do you employ the same means in acting upon inanimate objects that you do upon living creatures? He replied, I have only one means. What is it? The will. Man, who is the end of all intellectual and material forces, must dominate over all. The Brahmins know nothing besides this. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses Volume 14 O beloved ones, come tonight into that eternal light of our love, demand what you will of eternal truth, and see whether we give it to you or not. You have had volumes of instruction from our octave in these magnificent dictations over the years. And why do you suppose we have flooded you with this? That you may render the service to the nation that must come, and the nation render the service to the world that must come. And it must come by the power of the sacred fire. It must come by the eternal truth and the eternal light of the universe, the miracle light of eternity in which no lie can exist. And therefore, you step upon your pathway of light with absolute certainty of your knowledge, your power, and the way and means by which you attain your goal. 
Then my dear ones, you become a beacon light, like a sun, and the magnetic power of that sun will draw everything into the same perfection where love alone pours its light everywhere to bring happiness and ever create the universe about you and fill it with the glory of its almighty command. Oh my dear ones, let me blend these two flames. Again and again and again return your attention to your presence, until there is not one bit of obstruction between and you can go forth in the attainment of the success that should long ago have filled your nation and the world. Demand this same revealment to the people of the nation. Demand that the people of this land be compelled to know the eternal truth and the miracle light and the sacred fire of that love that sustains the universe. Demand that the people be compelled to know the truth that abides only within the eternal light, and then fire them awake with that truth, until its blazing presence has consumed the hordes of the shadows. Whatever you want to know, you can know so long as you demand the truth revealed to you from within the cosmic light of the love and sacred fire of your own mighty I am presence. And you keep insisting that that mighty I am presence tell you the truth about this. Tell you the truth about this. Tell you the truth about this in the eternal miracle light of love supreme, and see for yourselves that which clears away the limitations and the mistakes and the problems of the past. This will allow you to balance your world. And when your world is in balance, then there comes forth from your presence the fulfillment of every desire of your heart, so long as it be constructive. Beloved Aloha Marcturus. Every constructive desire is God's desire for you. But when you demand to know the divine plan's fulfillment in the use of those constructive desires, then it should be revealed to you, and the moment you ask, there is the power in the universe to answer. And that way you can go forward, you live in God's universe then, and the race consciousness of mankind can never touch you again. And this I give you as a promise, and as a revealment of the great blessings of the cosmic law. Once your I am present says to me, blend the flame in the heart, the throat and the head of this my instrument, once I blend those three flames into one, never again can you be touched by limitation or mistakes or problems. That day, you are through with the shadows of human creation. And I assure you, it is the most joyous freedom. It is like stepping out into the sunshine after you have been in a dungeon of darkness, you step into a freedom that you see always within the light. And then as your attention is held upon that light, you become aware of the light in others, and you deal with the light of life. And that which seems to be human accumulation around it is no more than a cocoon, you break it apart, throw it away or consume it, and you let loose the butterfly from within. And the soul arises on the wing of its eternal love, and it lives in the universe of light, eternally free. You are that my dear ones. The flame within your heart is bound by the race limitations and mistakes of the past, but the hand of your presence and your heart's call can snap every limitation that has ever dared to try to limit you in your onward progress to freedom. So let us go forward, and with no uncertainty take the hand of your mighty I am presence. Use the power of the great command, and demand the eternal truth of the miracle light of the universe reveal to you anything and everything you want to know or need to know to release perfection everywhere, to raise all you contact, to move forward with the fullness of your freedom and stand forth the fulfillment of your victorious mighty I am presence divine desire for you. This is the divine plan of life, and as you call this forth, it would be impossible for us not to answer you. Your victory is as certain as your call. Beloved Aloha Marcturus.